0: Okay, so <laughs> I texted you and like our whole group about this, but I have figured out one sign of a tight butthole is not being able to fart without peeing yourself if your bladder's oh, full. Yeah, <laughs> that would be considered a problem. You can't pass gas and you're, you're pushing down because your sphincters are so tight and that pressure goes on your bladder You're going to pee yourself when you're trying to fart. So
1: I had a teammate in college who had like a major fear of like peeing in front of anyone, like in public restrooms, because every time she'd pee, she'd fart. Interesting. But I wonder if she was power peeing. Was she pushing? I don't know. Like, you know, I wasn't thinking about public floor stuff at that time. Yeah. But I think if like that made me think of that, like maybe she would bear down to push your pee out and then that would push a fart out i loved your reel this week about the pee that yep. was a
0: really good visual the cup oh yeah yeah i haven't always realized uh, i haven't always realized a lot of pelvic floor things but <laughs> that like when you pee the stream should be pretty constant yeah versus it like be... stopping
1: starting or spraying or dribbling or yeah
0: so that was a good visual to for the volume of the pee But also like the stream of the pee and trying to get that, what is it, five to seven seconds,
1: Eight? eight? Eight to ten seconds. Eight to ten seconds of a constant stream. Because some people are like, well, it takes me a minute to pee. And it's like, if it's going, it's like, you know, going out slowly. Well, that tells us something. Yeah, cool. So that's another sign of a pelvic floor issue, yeah. Yeah. is
0: not having a solid stream, that you just relax your pelvic floor, it just comes out, you're not pushing it out.
1: Yeah. Hi, and welcome to the Don't Beat Around the Bush podcast. I'm Addie Holzman. And I'm Haley Kava. We're friends, pelvic floor physical therapists, moms, and occasional hot messes who are here for real, uncensored conversations about all things pelvic health.
0: And because our conversations are uncensored, they're likely not appropriate for little ears. Please remember our disclaimer. Although we both are licensed physical therapists, we are not your physical therapist. Yeah, anyways. And our content is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your own healthcare team for individualized advice, diagnoses, and treatment.
1: We had a we had a listener comment, which by the way we love and we appreciate and we will totally take without any sort of offense because we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> Very and true. So when we kind of started this podcast, the last I know, eight episodes we've done now. This will be our ninth. ninth. So we this will be our ninth episode. We honestly, honestly have not had a plan kind of, we didn't even know how frequently we were going to do it for any of those previous episodes. And so any feedback that you have, if you've been listening, um, on how you think you would like to hear things or how you think uh, the layout should be like, we will take all of that feedback because we're just figuring this out as we, we go. So one of the tips, one of the comments that someone gave was like, Hey, could you guys do an episode where, you talk about all the things that could potentially be pelvic floor problems so that if I have a friend that's going through something, I can send them to that one episode and then that will help guide them into other episodes. Because as we know, we're kind of all over the place. And so we'll start talking about one topic and jump to the other and jump to the other. So it's sometimes hard to know like where that negative information that we've imparted in that What podcast was that in? Like, when did we talk about that? But this will be maybe a good reference point to come back to say, okay, I'm having uh, this symptom. Is that symptom a pelvic floor symptom? Okay, let me go to this episode, whatever we call it, that is the episode of, like... Prolapse. Yeah, right. Or painful sex or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah. So... I, I do have a suspicion though this episode that we are going to travel down a lot of rabbit holes yeah, <laughs> so like we always. might we might have to like you know because there are studies that link jaw pain with public floor mm-hmm. so I'm convinced that I could probably like link well, any symptom to like a core issue
1: and really both Addie and I are postural restoration therapists and both of us were were orthope- you know orthopedic if you will call it I like to consider myself a neurocardiorespiratory and orthopedic and pelvic floor. Respiratory. Like, yeah. Cardiorespiratory. Yeah, Yeah. because we're dealing with the (laughs) respiratory system. We're dealing with the nervous system. We're dealing with... Cardio system. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so um that's
0: called holistic.
1: Yeah, we're just big picture public four PTs. So it is six degrees of separation, or like six. De- what is that, Kevin Bacon? Yeah, you know everybody in the world within like six or seven people. Yeah. So when we start talking about like an eye twitch, like like I oh even, you must be stressed. Yeah, oh, you're yeah. Like I've even had patients come in and be like, oh, I've had this weird eye twitch all week. I'm like, oh, let's try to figure out how this is connected to your <laughs> whole body, blah blah. And so. That does make it a little bit trickier to like, okay, let's zoom in on this this topic because they're all global. They're all global topics, really. The body talks to itself constantly. Mm-hmm. But maybe we can start with yes. like the yeah.
0: obvious ones right. and then maybe like get lost in some, you know, <laughs>
1: eye twitching, <laughs> jumping. Right, right. My big toe won't move. Right. Oh, I mean, big toe is a big...
0: Didn't you tell me that... Ankle flexion or dorsiflexion is an indicator of easier birth. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense because when you're in a deep squat, you need a lot of dorsiflexion and a deep squat opens your pelvic floor for birth Mm -hmm. and the outlet. So it makes sense that you would need.
1: Yeah, there was a study I saw that um, talked about like a tippy toe squat versus a heels down squat Mm. for labor and that heels down is better yeah but you need ankle mobility for that and if you don't regularly deeply squat then you're not gonna be able to do that
0: yeah cool all right so give me your if someone knew nothing about the pelvic floor what is the one thing a big sign that
1: they have an issue the most obvious i think And the most common reason people come to pelvic floor physio is if they're leaking pee. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if you are leaking pee when you cough, when you sneeze, when you laugh, when you jump, when you... Uh, Put your keys in the door and you feel this intense urge to go. And then you run to the bathroom and you can't make it. Or when you go shopping. Yeah. I have that problem. Sometimes that happens with me with pooping. It's more pooping for me. Like I walk
0: into Target. I'm like,
1: crap. (laughs) I'm like, it's the way. And then you don't know where the actually usually at Target, the bathroom's in the front, which is smart of them. Well, you know, I don't like to poop in public Mm -hmm. (laughs) on toilets, so I just hold it, which is not good. Yeah. Don't Don't hold hold it. poop. (laughs) So, no, I've, like, I've totally, and we actually, didn't we talk about that with you with, like, you had all the kids and you're holding them in your lap and, like, something about holding my kid on my lap when I'm, like, pooping in in a public (laughs) public (laughs)
0: place. She was in a
1: carrier, so it was (laughs) (laughs) hands-free. Yeah, so, leaking pee at any time. Peeing, so often that it's disruptive to you, Okay we can say that like a normal range of going to the bathroom is two to four hours. If peeing every two hours is disruptive to you, then we can improve that. If peeing more frequently than every two hours is not disruptive to you, then, you know, so be it. But knowing that like sort of those normal ranges, what else with peeing? Peeing should not hurt. Oh, I was just going to say it. You should be able to start your pee easily. So you shouldn't have to sit there and like, Like, really think hard about your pee stream starting. It should be kind of sit and then pee starts. No straining, no pain. Mm -hmm. No dribbling after you pee or leaking. So when you you stand stand up, up, you shouldn't be leaking afterwards. Or when you stand up and then leave the bathroom and go, oh, I have to pee a little bit more And a couple, like a a minute later. Like, oh, I've got to go back and pee again. Um, So
0: those are all signs that one, maybe you have a bladder prolapse mm -hmm. Two, tight pelvic floor that's not relaxing Mm -hmm. or just a synergy problem where the core muscles and pelvic floor aren't working together and the timing between the bladder muscle and your pelvic floor is off. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't have a squatty potty. (laughs) Yeah. What other pooping problems? So constipation is so, it's so common. You hear people, Mm -hmm. you should poop every day. You should poop every day. And Pooping, especially for women, is so important for detoxing, that estrogen out. And I mean, you don't feel good. If poop is full of your toxins that your body's trying to get rid of, having it sit in your system is probably not a great thing. If
1: you're full of shit, you're (laughs) going to feel like shit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm particularly angry, ornery, which is like a southern word now that I've picked up. (laughs) Uh, If I don't poop, so... Absolutely. Yeah. And that it's not, again, there's maybe gut related causes to right. that. There is right. sometimes hormonal problems related to that. Mm-hmm. But again, a pelvic floor PT, this is what we deal with. So a lot of times we're in, we're willing to, t- let's talk about your, how many times you've been on, on antibiotics this year. Let's talk about what you're eating. Let's talk about the things that are going to impact that digestion process. And then the pelvic floor, that's going to influence the elimination of that poop.
0: And movement is so important, too. Mm -hmm. Like, if you've ever gone for, like, a good run or a workout and you have to poop right after, like, all that, you know, that pressure management and that rotation gets things sometimes moving
1: along. I had someone tell me the other day that they aren't having constipation problems, but they haven't had a satisfying poop since having their child. Mm. And I think that also does then speak to the pelvic floor of, like, maybe it's not all getting out, Or yeah, maybe those muscles aren't releasing enough to allow that satisfying, sort of clean, it's a complete emptying of the bowels. um. So another misconception
0: I think is that, yeah, I'm pooping every day, but maybe it's really soft or really runny. So the Bristol stool chart, that Mm -hmm. magic number four is like a banana poop, right? And having a bulky poop like that, that's not too dry or too hard, cleans out your gi system so all those like little ridges in your gi tract, it gets cleaned out with a good poop so if you're having diarrhea Mm -hmm. you could
1: still have backed up stool in your system um diarrhea is a big miss a lot of times missed opportunity because and a lot of people who have diarrhea go and swing in phases of like severe diarrhea and then you can't poop for a few days and then severe diarrhea again and and that's constipation. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a constipation problem, not a not a over pooping too much problem. Right. Um, and a lot of times, polyfiller PTs can help with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, hemorrhoids
0: and anal fissures. Mm-hmm. Another pressure problem but also maybe not relaxing the
1: sphincters you're not getting that poop out we talked about before the episode sitting on the toilet too long (laughs) and your legs going completely numb those poopations you gotta take (laughs) it's sometimes a sign that we're getting some nerve entrapment and when we sit on the toilet it's compressing on those nerves you know causing issues yeah Yeah, so that's smearing Mm, yep so Smearing is
0: when you think you're clean and then, like, you go back later to wipe, or you have like racing stripes in your underwear. Yeah. That yep. kind of yep. deal.
1: Yeah. Or, yeah. Or you, you, you finish your poop and you've got to like wipe a whole bunch of times. Cause it's like, why is this not, why is this not all the way gone? Yep. All things that public floor PTs like to talk about and like to help. Okay, what other problems are pelvic floor problems? Tailbone pain, I guess, if we're talking about the back of the pelvic floor. If you have a history, even when you were a child, of falling on your tailbone and you're dealing with pelvic floor problems as an adult, that could be a contributing factor. Or even if you're not having pelvic floor problems, but you're having like back pain or hip pain and you have that fall history, there could be something funky going on with those pelvic floor muscles and the tailbone that, that needs to be addressed by a pelvic floor physio. Um,
0: painful sex is a big one that I feel like too often is accepted for whatever reason as you know mm-hmm. just grin and bear it yeah. which there's help for
1: that Yeah, trouble like healing after birth so if you have a, an episiotomy or a perineal tear and it just feels like maybe it's stiff or it's sore yeah it's just not healing as quickly as, as we'd hope that it can be addressed I
0: had a 18 year old nanny once tell me that she had painful sex, no kids, mm-hmm. eighteen, yeah. like real young, right? And I was like, "Ooh, you need to find a pelvic floor PT." Mm-hmm. It can just be a non-relaxing yeah. pelvic floor or mobility problems or, or endometriosis. Yeah, or, you know, like referred like, pain.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think the taboo of maybe a younger person, even who's having pain like putting a tampon in or putting a menstrual cup in or having sex, whether it's penis and vagina sex or it's clitoral pain, or pain with arousal, or pain with orgasm, all of those sort of sexual pain syndromes can have a pelvic floor component um, that pelvic floor PDs can, can help with.
0: Yeah, because pain, you think, you know, nerves, so if there's nerve entrapment, or irritation, or imbalance in the pelvic floor muscles, they can all um, make things angry, or not being able to orgasm mm-hmm. can be related to the pelvic floor, I mean, <laughs> is...
1: Uh-huh. Really? I yeah. mean, yeah. yeah. And it's a other. component <laughs> of that
0: for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think that's pretty much all the direct, so pretty much all, well, a more prolapse.
1: Sex. So, incomplete emptying of your bowels, incomplete emptying of your bladder, heaviness, fullness, feeling like things are falling out. out, actually seeing something coming out. Yeah, trouble with tampons, trouble with cups. Yeah, those are all pelvic floor direct pelvic floor
0: symptoms. Mm-hmm. But then you start talking about joint pain, so pubic symphysis pain, mm-hmm. which is very common in pregnancy
1: mm-hmm.
0: and postpartum, SI pain, mm-hmm. back pain, hip pain. Mm-hmm. You start to look at all those joints around the pelvis that are mm-hmm. affected by maybe those muscles in the pelvic floor not stabilizing them or <laughs> pulling too hard or not enough mm-hmm. or
1: I say all the time. Uh, the arches of our feet are like little pelvic floors right they're domes and they're a part of that system that needs to work pump and work with our body with our arches of our feet our pelvic diaphragm our respiratory diaphragm the roof of our mouth if you're at the end of pregnancy what is happening to the arches of your feet i mean did your feet get wider did your feet spread did you drop your arch drop to the ground that's sort of like a little visual of what's happening also to that pelvic floor at the end of pregnancy. So if you're having foot pain or plantar fasciitis, at, whether it's with pregnancy or not, you know, rolling out the arch of your foot isn't necessarily going to fix the problem.
0: It might help you feel better for a little bit of time, but, but it's not
1: necessarily addressing the relationship the of how that goes with the hip and the pelvic floor and all that. So basically what we're saying is
0: now if we you start have spreading. a problem...
1: Oh, was that a toot or a sneeze? He sneezed and tooted. (laughs) That (laughs) is a pressure release right there. His tummy is really... (laughs)
0: And now he's happy.
1: See? Just get rid of that pressure. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So I did my first uh, in-person public floor class this week at Mama Stay Fit. And we got into some different positions. It was really kind of cool. Talk about breathing. And I had one of the ladies get into like a kind of like an all fours, but like down onto elbows. So butt was higher than... Head, and we were breathing really deeply and trying to feel our pelvic floor expand. She's like, I might fart, <laughs> and I was like, That's great. <laughs> Let it go. (laughs) This is a fart friendly zone.
0: (laughs) So, along with the farting, Uh also, I think not being able to fart quietly can indicate a lot of tension in the butt.
1: Right. Well, because if you're clenching your butt and pushing a fart out, right? We talked about this very first episode. Yeah. I think so, like like the the pitch of the (laughs) fart versus, like, okay, I'm going to relax my butt, I'm going to relax my pelvic floor, and just let that gas escape the way that. It's intended to... Um, so yeah, then you talk about joints, then you can talk about,
0: um, you can start getting into the core, like diastasis. Mm-hmm. There's a correlation sometimes between having diastasis and pelvic floor issues, mm-hmm. back pain.
1: Yeah. And then you get up into the jaw pain and the like, neck oh, pain. Oh, rib pain. So like you've got a rib that kind of pops out, right? Like I hear that little time, like, oh, I got a rib that, that goes out of place. And it's like, hmm, okay, well that's going to influence how you breathe and that's going to influence then how you're, core works and influence how your pelvic floor works so let's let's investigate that a little bit more
0: a lot of times people look at the pelvic floor as the pelvic floor and it's not the pelvic floor it's the pelvic floor your abs your diaphragm that core system Mm -hmm. working together doing its thing Mm -hmm. um so you know even like hernias Mm -hmm. pressure problem yep what's going on in that system that you're not able to manage that pressure or that pressure is like literally busting its way out your ab wall.
1: There's a direct relationship between a sports hernia, so an inguinal, like lower down in your belly, not at your belly button, and and labral tears. Mm. Right? So... If your abs aren't supporting your pelvis, then your pelvis is going to make a compensation. And then the muscles around your hip are going to make a compensation. And that's going to affect the shear inside of the hip joint and can damage your lapel. Um So <laughs> tooting, <laughs> tooting addressing, yeah, a hernia with someone who understands the pelvis and the pelvic floor is going to be huge. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And then thinking about like upper trap, neck tension, Mm -hmm. shoulder tension, um, that is kind of a byproduct of maybe your breathing patterns yeah and if you're using those compensation muscles and if you're doing that that diaphragm isn't doing what it needs to to breathe for you which is affecting the pelvic floor movement and
1: function yeah so if you have back tension or pelvic floor tension or pelvic floor weakness that makes you or prolapse symptoms that make you fearful of like letting those muscles go we have to breathe and the air has to go somewhere Mm -hmm. so if it's not going down it might be going up into those shoulders up into that neck, and then we're we're drawing that air up versus, versus allowing that breath and that inhale to kind of come all the way down and equalize that that pressure. You know I think the word pressure management is or intra abdominal pressure is kind of over overused a little bit because it's like well, what does that? They say they keep talking about pressure. I don't know what that means. And it just means like our respiratory system. How are we regulating (laughs) muscle tension in our body when we
0: breathe? I talk about pressure a lot because I think, you know, managing that pressure is so important for stability and strength. Right. Like you can't deadlift a lot if you're not creating that intra pressure to stabilize your spine and your pelvis. Uh-huh. But it's not just an intra-abdominal pressure. It's the pressure in your lungs, your thoracic pressure. Yeah. It's your,
1: you know, your crani- like your cranial the, pressure. The pressure
0: in your arteries and your yeah. veins and your yeah. cranial system. Like there's a lot of different pressures. You can have air pressures. You can have liquid pressures yeah. that are going around in your body and being able to like pump them and move them is like so important Mm -hmm. what else would be
1: uh foot pain knee pain labral tears uh i've actually had two patients now who had labral repairs and it didn't change anything Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i would hazard a guess that their pain that they were having was not labral generated that it was in both cases i'm pretty sure obturator internus because as soon as we get that obturator internus to let go pain goes away oh that
0: can be some intense pain
1: and so now that that pelvic wall muscle is like not at a 10 now the hip doesn't hurt and so yeah Mm -hmm. there was a labral tear there and there potentially could have continued to be a labral tear there that was asymptomatic but it was an unaddressed pelvic floor problem and i think anytime you're dealing with stuff so close to the pelvis if you're not seeing a pelvic floor pt who can evaluate those muscles or who's comfortable evaluating those muscles even if it's externally then you're missing a big component of why your hip is hurting Mm -hmm. and so i would be so bold as to say like if you're having hip pain you probably need to see a pelvic floor pt yeah, cause because a lot of those it's muscles right are there. shared. It's right there. Yeah. And like all those deep hip rotators, pelvic floor, pelvic wall, our ability to shift our hip and walk and have proper gait mechanics, like it's all pelvic floor related. And so if you're seeing a therapist that has not studied the pelvic floor, you are missing a piece of the puzzle.
0: So the glute max is a hip extender and external rotator. It also covers that back half of the pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. So you could be having constipation or fissures or hemorrhoids along with hip pain because yeah. that
1: glute might not. Be but if doing you're not feeling, if you don't feel comfortable with that, with that person to talk about your fissures, mm-hmm. right? Which I think a lot of people Guilty. maybe wouldn't. That's a, a pertinent part of that history. And so that's where I think pelvic floor PTs are so well positioned. Is that like we're like, yeah, tell me about your asshole. <laughs> How do you poop? What does it look like? Um, it's it's really important. And, and like the more I get into public floor PT, the more I kick myself for not doing it sooner in my yeah. career Everyone and being like it. fearful of it. Yeah. Uh, because it's really cool. We literally have done head to toe, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like upper back pain. I think a lot of moms get that, like kind of T ten T, like kind of mid mid back pain, where it's kind of where the diaphragm right attaches on our on our spine in the back. Because we will posturally reference, especially holding babies and and carrying heavy things, is like lock into that diaphragm junction of the spine for stability. When I was
0: dealing very acutely with my prolapse, if my thoracic spine was tight or I felt tight in that back, my symptoms were the worst. And you have like, if you think about your nervous system, you have your sympathetic chain like that runs behind your lungs like in that posterior mediastinum so if you're really tight in your back or you're not rotating through that spine you could be is that gas yeah <laughs> he's like he just needs to get some pressure off, <laughs> relieve that pressure <laughs> then you know you might be stuck in that extension pattern where like your pelvic floor is going to be unbalanced front to back left to right whatever it's all connected stress yeah. can make Your pelvic floor mad because of your breathing patterns and because of how you're like tensioning your body when we're under stress, clenching your jaw, sleep apnea, bedwetting at night.
1: That's a big one. Mm -hmm. Um, Waking up all the time. Waking up all the time to go pee at night. There are so many things. And I think if you were an adult who's listening to this podcast and you're having issues Related directly or indirectly, or to anything that makes you even slightly uncomfortable to talk to, maybe like a healthcare provider about. At the end of the day, like if you're having issues, then a pelvic floor PT is probably your best bet because that's what we we love, and we I think we're well positioned to treat females with issues, whether or not those issues are related to childbirth, but related to addressing the whole body as a system. Right. Mm
0: -hmm. and males definitely have pelvic floor issues, too, and there are PTs that specialize in males. There's some differences, you know, female-male as far as treatment, but, Mm -hmm. and I do think that pelvic PTs tend to be pretty good team players as far as, like, like one of my clients is seeing cranial sacral this week because Mm -hmm. I think she has, like, a history of GI stuff and, like, visceral stuff, and I'm like, uh, we need to, like, get that worked out so we can get your core working together and
1: really i mean as physical therapists we are we have direct access in in some form or another in all All the states and so we we are trained to be a first point of contact and to identify if something is a red flag or not and when to refer and that and and when to know when something is within our scope and when something is outside of our scope and i think in general we are pretty confident and pretty comfortable saying uh, yeah, I think we need to consult with, with GI on this, or um, let's see how this goes. And then we'll, if we're not seeing any changes, okay, this is who we need to see. And kind of connecting that that network of healthcare providers who are also on the same page as the as healthy four PT so that the patient feels comfortable going to that provider, knowing that they're going to get a level of care that is acceptable.
0: Right. And where PTs are also the most conservative line of treatment. Right. Mm-hmm. So no matter what's going on, you could go get your diagnostic x-rays or MRI or see the specialist. But hopefully the doctors will first refer to whatever conservative measure is indicated first before they're going to do any kind of surgery or anything right. like that. So mm-hmm. you could save yourself some time by like starting both processes at once,
1: like yeah, seeing the, what the, the PT says. The question or the statement like, oh, should I get some imaging or should I get some testing done before I come to come to PT? I'm always like, let's hold off. Why expose ourselves to that, to radiation or expose ourselves to these things? Is that going to change your treatment plan, right? So is having a x-ray of your pelvis going to change what we do? Probably not. It might shed some light
0: on what's going on, but you know, a labral tear in the hip, I'm probably going to give you the same exercises, whether like it's there or not. Yeah.
1: Is the, is the imaging going to directly lead to some sort of medical treatment? Is that going to directly lead to an injection, directly lead to a surgery, directly lead to a certain prescription of medication? If so, okay. Like Mm -hmm. if not, then then why expose your, say, yeah, if it's your pelvis, why expose all of your pelvic organs to radiation?
0: Yeah. And everyone's different. Every story is different. Every every person has different resources at hand, depending where they live or financially or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we're obviously biased. Right. <laughs> so
1: Right. No, and sometimes we do need that. Sometimes the imaging is necessary, but I mm-hmm. think it's like, is that a requirement of coming to pelvic floor P- or coming to PT in general? No, it's not. So hopefully we
0: shed some light on red flags or yellow flags that would alert you to find a pelvic floor PT. If you don't know a pelvic floor PT in your area, Mm PelvicGuru.com is probably
1: the most comprehensive provider lookup. PelvicRehab.com can also find providers. The Herman Wallen. Yeah. So
0: Pelvic Guru has all different
1: providers. Mm, Like from your...
0: You know, urogyns, OBs, like everyone.
1: We are mission-driven. We want this information, people to have this information, and we want people to feel comfortable with this information. Those are all the things that make a good positive impact. And
0: just people knowing their options is so huge. I'm such an advocate for, like, knowing your options and not letting health professionals tell you what you need. Or if you know the options, then you're able to navigate better. And our system is so messy (laughs) with... You know, insurance regulations and different providers and different specialties and it it can get really overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So the more you know, hopefully, the better decisions you'll be able to make and feel better. That's the goal. Everyone should feel great, right? (laughs)
1: Like
0: living life doing what you want to do. Absolutely.
1: Communicate with Addie and I both in regards to the podcast questions, comments, concerns, topics that you want discussed on our podcast Facebook page, Don't Beat Around the Bush Podcast, as well as our email account, which is podcast at gmail.com. You can also find our podcast on all the major podcast platforms, so please subscribe, comment, and share all the bushy love. It's probably pretty obvious. That our episodes are edited and produced by
0: Addie and myself. <laughs> and our music is provided by Blockhead. All right. Love your bush, know your bush, spread the bushy love. <laughs>